a Podcast One production. The truth about starting a business, crafting a career, having a family and managing to fit it all in. Superwomen We Ain't. From the founder of Boost Juice, Janine Ellis, and leading executive and career coach, Margie Hartley. Welcome to Superwoman We Ain't, Season 2. I'm Margie Hartley. And I'm Janine Ellis. And this episode is around how to stay motivated. We're going to talk firstly about the reality of motivation, secondly about the idea of how to start and stay motivated, and lastly, how to motivate others. So what do you think, Margie? Is motivation a mindset? Is something you can teach? Is it something that's a DNA? Is motivation this magical, unattainable thing for people? Well, you'd think it would be because so many people spout so much about getting motivated and getting up in your day that doesn't really connect and it's not that relatable. I don't think it's a magic pill. We're really clear it's not a magic pill. It's something we have to work at really hard. So what happens, What you know, when you get up at six o'clock and you're driving to work and you're up and there's people running around the oval or there's people doing, you know, handstands or whatever on, on, the, on the park, what makes them get up at six o'clock and the other person over there that pushes the snooze button? It's really interesting because 50% of people who set goals achieve them. Half of the people that are setting goals achieve them. What's the difference between the lot that achieve them and those that don't? So people often believe it's belief and motivation, actually taking the time to think about how you set yourself up on the path to success. And that can start with visualising yourself running or actually putting strategies in place to trick yourself when you know that there's an, an like an antidote to the things that you're going to trick yourself like you talked about in one other episode about um, Penny the procrastinator. So how do you actually counter those things? What what What's your understanding of that, Janine, in motivation and the difference between those that jog or don't jog, those that chase down their, their goals and those that don't? Look, I used to think that it was a DNA thing. You're either born a motivated person or you're not. But then I've come across people in my journey where they've been a very unmotivated type person and something's happened, something's triggered in their brain and suddenly they're going, no, I'm going to lose 150 kilos and I'm going to start running. I'm going to completely transform my life. So I've seen both. But I'm sort of a bit of a sample size of one. You know, you're in a world that you do business coaching, you do professional mentoring. So you would see some extraordinary people on both sides of the coin. So what have you found from your case studies that you've studied? Okay, so it's about values alignment, all right? So I can say, here, I, you know, want to achieve this goal. I want to achieve that goal. But if it's actually not really resonating with who I am and what's important to me and it doesn't sit with my values, then it'll just become something that'll fill up my diary. Or rhetoric. Yeah, Yeah, or rhetoric. And so that looks like a good idea I'm going to train for a marathon. We keep using these very simple, relatable ideas here, but even in business, when you think I'm going to go for a promotion or I think I'd like to do what that person does, actually, if it doesn't fit or line up with your values alignment, then you're not going to do it. And really knowing yourself is the fundamental piece to actually being able to manage yourself and then to be able to achieve the things that you said you set out to achieve. I think about what motivated me on my journey with Boost Juice Bars from the, from the early days to where we are now. And I think one of the strongest motivators for me was actually fear. 
you know, and that's honestly fear that people are going to work out. I didn't know what I was talking about. Fear that we we're going to lose everything because we actually sold our family home and put all our money into the business. So I was all in. That's scary. It was, but it was an incredible motivator. I was also motivated by not letting people down around me because obviously when you've got a business, people invest in you, you know, financially and emotionally. And so I found that a very heavy burden. So quite often, sometimes you need an external trigger to be motivating. So fear, money, you know, desire, all of those raw emotions that we talk about. Correct. And the other thing is like people, often people set goals for themselves to get them motivated. So for example, people go on a marathon. I'm going to do a marathon in Melbourne. That is my goal. So it starts off with the goals. We've talked about goals in other episodes. So if you set your goal, the goal setting in itself can be incredibly motivating. So you go, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to run the London Marathon. That is my goal. Let you, then you can take yourself right back to where you are today. And the London Marathon's a year ago. You take yourself right back to where we are today. The London Marathon's a year away. So you know to get to the London Marathon, you have to put legs and miles into your legs. And for you to get to the London Marathon, you need to put miles into your legs. So it's motivating. So it's that fear of not being able to achieve your goal and is your motivator. And that works for you, particularly around this fear and setting quite Doesn't big goals. Doesn't that work goals. for everyone? <laughs> not, necess- not necessarily. I like everybody. And I just like everybody else. No, well, I know you and I have talked before and you're quite competitive. I like and, to win. And if someone wants to compete against me... Even I my 10-year-old, I won't let win. Okay, so that's a motivator for you. And this comes back to this idea of the truth about motivation is it's complex and it's different for everybody. So what motivates you? So I'm motivated by um, a couple of things, and I don't want to sound too altruistic here, but really about giving back gives me lots of energy and positive relationships. So I like to help people out of uh, problem solving, and I'm, and that's a really big desire for me. I'm very, I'm not very competitive, and it drives people nuts. I'm not going to play on your team, just so you know, because no, if you're not no. competitive, no. No. no, and also I'm not going to travel with you because you've got to get out of airports quickly. So if you're not competitive to be the first out, I'm not going to travel with you, just so you know. No, so I'm the person likely to sit on a 10-hour flight and listen and chat to you about the things that are wrong. So I love to problem solve. Okay, I'm not going to sit next people. to you either on a plane. No, so we've just got we've cleared all that up. No, no, no. We'll go for a nice walk and eat together. <laughs> so, um, but. Actually knowing yourself, and I think people fall into the traps of thinking that other people's motivators are going to be theirs. And so if you hear someone speak on the um, at, at some one of the speaking gigs that you've gone to and they talk about what motivated them, the thing is to, to listen and understand what worked for them and what part might apply for you, but you're not like everybody else. So it really leads into finding your purpose then, isn't it? Because if you find your purpose and you truly are connected and aligned with your purpose, the motivation will follow. Some days I have to admit though, Janine, I do know my purpose and I know myself and I still have to dig quite deep for motivation to do some of the things I need to do. But we're human. Yeah, right. exactly. So, so this is about acceptance as well. And also being kind to yourself, not letting yourself off the hook. I think there's a difference between not allowing yourself to be lazy, but also being kind to yourself to go, you know what, today's okay. It's okay. If you, today you want to sit on the couch, put your feet up and watch Netflix, do it. It's okay. But mate, tomorrow, get off that freaking couch and get walking. Mm. So uh, if we talk about the reality or the truth about motivation, it's about finding ways that fill your bucket. What energises you? What's going to motivate you, whether it's money, competition, whatever it might be. And when your bucket's empty, 
acknowledge it and then get into this idea of, you know, how to start and stay motivated. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how to start getting motivated and then stay motivated because I think 90% of people out there want to know how to be consistent with motivation. It's interesting you mentioned the bucket. I mean, I, as people listening to these episodes know, I'm very visual. And so I do see life as a bucket. And it is very hard to be motivated if your bucket is empty. And I find my bucket needs to be filled with good sleep, good diet, not much alcohol, Um I don't say non-alcohol. You need to have alcohol sometimes. Um, really good food and looking after yourself. So when my bucket is full, I've got that right. When it's empty is when I'm on a run of a lot of hard work, you're travelling a lot, you're out of routine, and then my bucket is empty. And I remember also when I was, again, in the early, I know I said a few, in the early days of booze, I feel like I'm this really old timer that should be sitting on a rocking chair going, telling my Never. grandchildren. You're going to live forever, remember? <laughs> I, yeah, that's right. Thank God for that. I mean, I was so stressed in the early days. My bucket was completely empty and I would smash myself against a wall and then send myself to a health retreat to try and get some more things into that bucket. And and there was another time that, again, I was so stressed that there was, I sat down and I thought, God, when was the last time I ate? And it was like four days. And interesting, when you are stressed, you either go to eating or non-eating. So I go the non-eating. And I know we're not talking about stress, we're talking about motivation, but that leads to motivation. So if you are stressed, your bucket's empty, it's very hard to be motivated. I mean, you you know, you and I both know, you go out on a big night, you have a party, you come back, you're normally the one that gets up and goes for a run or does yoga. That day after a big night, the last thing you want to do is actually get up on a mat. You just want to go, oh, just, you know, turn the lights off and leave me alone. So motivation is, it's mental, but it's also physical. Mm-hmm. So you talk a bit about the sympathetic nervous system and you really have delved into this in your, I know you're really into your health and wellbeing, but you've delved into this area of understanding exactly when you've got peak performance. What can you tell us about that? The sympathetic nervous system is designed for if a tiger is chasing us, we our body goes into a fight or flight. There's a tiger chasing us and we've got to stop and just run as fast as we can. So that puts us into a stress type situation. And if we're in that situation all the time, then you find that you you, are, you aren't making good decisions. Your body is into a fatigue scenario. And so it's a time when you can't be motivated because you're on that just, I've just got to get out of here so I don't get eaten. What I find is that the less you do, however, is the less you want to do. And Ooh, mo- motiv- that's interesting. Well, motivation is that, right? So it's like um, if you the less exercise you do, the less you want to do. So if I go, all right, I'm going to start an exercise routine. When you start, it's actually quite hard and you've got to get going. Once you get going, you're okay. But people get into the habit of not doing exercise or not eating well. And if you're in that habit, it's actually hard to be motivated to actually get out of that habit. They talk about the 21-day theory. In actual fact, if you can stick to something for 21 days, you've created a habit. But it's that sticking to things for 21 days is very difficult. And you know what's interesting about that? There's a variety of people who say anything from seven days to 45 days to create a habit. But the psychologist will tell you, if you put a timeline on it, you're going to achieve it. So look, I just, I've got this passion around understanding goals and staying motivated. And once you've got goals and once your values aligned, that's great. 
but you need to want to master something. Now, I know this is true to your heart. Actually, learning and growing and getting better at something is a deep human motivator. So most of us come to work to actually grow and learn after a certain amount of money is paid as Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But after that, what we want when we come to work is to grow and to learn. And you talk about this all the time and your life is one long growth and learning journey. So that's the mastery element. I think Dan Pink from Drive talks about this idea of, he says, if you don't think mastery exists, work out why people learn to play the guitar and play it on weekends for free. Mm. Why does anybody do anything on Wikipedia? So there's this idea of mastery, wanting to get better. And if we think back to all our lives, that's actually a real driver. The second part is autonomy. I've talked about autonomy a fair bit. That is taking control and having control for self about what you're going to do. And so it's not someone telling me what to do uh, and drilling me down. The last two are purpose and support. And purpose is why am I doing this? Why does this connect? And that's the values alignment piece. And support is I need a bit of help along the way. How do I get that? Is it somebody pushing me out of bed in the morning? Is it in business, a mentor or a role model? Is it somebody who's actually reminding me of what I need to do every day? So if you pull those things together, they're maps, mastery, autonomy, purpose and support. Mm, Perfect. And so really the summary of that is really get back to basics. Look after yourself and the motivation will appear. You're listening to Superwomen We Ain't with Margie Hartley and Janine Ellis. If you like listening to the show, please do get in touch on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button and continue to listen for free. So that's all very well. We've motivated ourselves, tick, right? We've solved that problem. Now the next one is how do you motivate others? You know, a lot of people listening are business owners or leaders or executives that have a team. How the hell do you motivate other people? So I'm going to say, Janine, I am not you. You are not me. How do other people motivate other people? Actually, it has to come from within. So we've talked about self-motivation, but how do you motivate a team or a group of people if you're not them, if you're not actually embodying their thoughts and their feelings every single day? So it's really important, this idea of coaching. Like, yes, I'm an executive coach, but coaching can apply across all aspects of your life. And giving people responsibility and actually understanding what their true goals and wants are and their needs is incredibly important. And coaching is a way of connecting with people's goals. My um, business partner and friend, Professor Tony Grant, says that you need to be the facilitator of others' solutions, not the provider of their solutions. Mm. So you're facilitator of solution-focused thinking. We're facilitating other people's ability to meet their goals and their needs. Look, it's really interesting because for the last 18 years, I've been trying to crack the code of how to motivate your team. And look, we've tried all sorts of things. We've had masseuses coming in. We've had weekly soccer teams. We've had yoga sessions. We've had bring your dogs to work. We've had flexible, like you name it. I could go on for hours of what we've done. And Everyone is so different to your point. So we actually did a research of our team of what would you like as a reward? And salespeople want cash. You know, nurses want recognition. 
and want, to, and want to help. Everyone has their own desires of what motivates them. So it's quite right what you said is that you've actually got to find out who they are before you start to motivate them. But I read recently some quotes from Jim Rowan, who was around in the 70s, and he actually said, you can't send ducks to Eagle School. And I loved it, and it really resonated with me. I know you're looking at me perplexed to go, what the hell are you talking about, right? perplexed. You can't send ducks to Eagle Eagle School. School. Correct. So in other words, you can't change people. You can't make them something they're not. So you can't, you, you know, what makes someone come in at 6am and wants to be the CEO and other person wants to save the world? Who knows? What makes someone come in at nine o'clock and the first thing they do is go and get a coffee? Who knows? You can't make someone that they're not. So the best way to motivate your team, and this is the answer after 18 years, I finally have the answer, is everyone paying attention. How you motivate your team is to hire motivated people. Okay. At the end of the day, you cannot send ducks to eagle schools. You cannot change who people are. You have to get the eagles in the first place. Can I ask how you know someone's motivated when they walk in the door? Because people can tell you they're motivated, but actually end up not being motivated at all. How do you test for that? You, look, I don't think you can. I think people can be inter- can be great interviewees, but that's why you have a period of getting to know you. In every job you go for, there's a three months to six months getting to know you for both both the employee and the employer. If it's not for them, they should leave. If it's not for them, they should leave. But you're always looking for motivation over Correct. skills and capability. It's normally for me what I look for when I actually interview people to find that motivation streak is how they answer questions. I spoke in season one of Superwomen We Ain't, this concept of verb and saw. And not wanting to repeat myself, but I'll just, it's really relevant to motivation. There's two types of people. There's the ones that are the victims, victims entitled rescue and blame. You know, they blame the world, they need to be rescued, they're entitled and they're victims. And there's the other people who choose to soar, which is solutions, ownership, accountability and, and, and responsibility. If I ask someone a question in an interview and they tell me that, you know, what, why didn't it not work out in your last job? Oh, well, you know, I was, I had been there five years and I just deserved the promotion. And do you know what? The people around me weren't helping when we had problems. And when, you know, these things went wrong, but it wasn't my fault. I immediately know that they are not a motivated person. I immediately know that they are a person that is, you know, pretty much predisposed to be a negative type of person. The other is true. So if, if I ask the same question, you know, what happened in the last job? You know, look, it was a, a real learning curve for me. I, I was in my role. I, you know, I put my hand up for a job. I wasn't ready for it. I took it anyway. And unfortunately, I didn't succeed in that role. However, what I've learned from that is blah, 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 blah. To me, that is someone who's self-motivated. They're self-aware of what they're good and bad. They take the lessons in life and they improve because the meaning of life, to your point that you mentioned earlier, is it's about learning. It's about being the best version of yourself. And that is highly motivating. You talk about motivating teams, Janine, and there'll be a lot of people out there really keen to understand how they get their employees motivated and how they motivate bigger groups of people. I run team development days. It's not rah-rah and let's put a bucket of water on our heads and run around the oval. I'm not coming there. That's a lot of fun. (laughs) I know. Terrible. But it's actually around two things, connection and clarity. And what am I talking about those two pieces? So clarity is around what we're all here to do. So collective goal attainment 
gets people excited. Mm. We're all, you know, for want of a, a cliche, rowing in the same direction. We're all singing off the same hymn sheet. You know, it's people being together, collective goal attainment. So that's clarity. Where are we heading? What's our ambition? And then actually we all aligned with what we believe in. We all aligned in the right mindset to get there. And what behaviours do we need to agree we're going to have to get there? And this is incredibly motivating for people to think that they're part of a team Mm. and they're all agreeing on where they're trying to head. And along the way, you can have little milestones or little um, points at which you can celebrate how you're actually reaching that goal. So it sounds really simple, but the clarity around what you're doing and why you're doing it and how you're going to do it together, incredibly important. The next part is about connection. And this is about making sure that you're constantly communicating that you're actually, there's no assumptions, no passive aggressive behaviour, no competitive behaviour within the team, unless it's healthy. But it's around this idea again of all being together. So what does that mean? It needs means I need to be safe. It means that I need to be able to have not a blame culture. It means that I need to not have a blame culture. It means that this is about mistakes are okay. We're learning and growing and moving forward together. It's about identifying the culture that we have and making sure that that culture suits our ambition Mm. and that we're all actually in it together. And this unity, it's surprising when you go back into the workforce, how often we go into our own silos and our individual contributor. And yet that's less motivating than this collective growth and goal attainment. So really, in summary, it's really find what you love put the right people in the right roles, create structure around it to enable, to to understand the people who you're actually are motivating and actually do a reward system that's actually right for them, not necessarily right for you. Sounds like a day at Boost. (laughs) We try. Superwomen We Ain't is a Podcast One production recorded in the studios of Podcast One Melbourne. Executive producer is Grant Tothill, produced by Brooke Carrigan, audio by Darcy Thompson. Listener.